This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Survival Show Gear Cave segment. I'm producer Ben, and today's podcast is brought to you by the Tiny Survival Guide and Tiny Survival Card, which are available right now for pre-order over on Kickstarter. Simply search Tiny Survival Guide on Kickstarter.com, or you can hit two birds with one stone and go over to the survivalshow.com. Sign up to support this content and get your guide or card as early as next week. Okay, today's Gear Cave is one that was recorded at Shot show by david and is a very entertaining look at different knife styles and designs from around the world sit back and enjoy with david and special guest joe flowers hey guys welcome to the gear cave where we're talking gear this is a special special shot show edition yes. and i'm here with my friend Joe Flowers, Bushcraft hey Global. You Good write, to see you. You write, you teach, you're the lead designer for Condor Knives. Yes, right? yes. One of the designers, but I put out the most stuff at least, <laughs> at least this year. <laughs> and so what we're gonna talk about in this particular podcast and video with the Survival Show podcast. So some of you guys are listening to the audio here. Cool. We're also posting this over on Ultimate Survival Tips YouTube. Cool. So you can go back and forth. If you like this style of a podcast, a video where we interact and just talk about some gear stuff. Uh, give us a thumbs up. If you don't, tell us what we can do better. Uh, if you're over on Ultimate Survival Tips, uh, give us a thumbs up there too. And don't forget to check out the Survival Show podcast because Joe, you're coming up soon. Yep, yep. What I are we gonna absolutely. talk about anyway over there on the podcast? Snakes, knives, uh, jungle, uh, design, everything. Adventure, yeah, bungee adventure. jumping. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> basket weaving. <laughs> You name it. Joe's you actually, know, he's a, actually one of the funnest guys I know. Go ahead, what were you gonna say? This is a podcast, I gotta like use my audible book reading voice. <laughs> for those of you who are listening to this on the road, drive carefully. <laughs> were you gonna throw in something else there before we tell the guys what we're gonna talk about? Uh, nope, that's it. Just what are we gonna talk about? Today we're going to be talking about kni knife shapes of the world, knives of the world. We have um, all condor out on the table, but this is just because that's what we have here at the moment to give you an idea. And you you're not exclusively a designer for condor no, either. No, I you're designed over for tops. tops yeah, I've worked with a couple of other custom makers and things. And, and uh, I'm not going to tell you much, but we're going to kind of collab a little bit on yeah, our knife absolutely. here soon. Uh, look for that. There's, there's, there's careless whispers happening in the background. <laughs> all right. Not careless. So, so you ready to get into this? Yes, sir. Let's okay, go for man. it. Going around the world, you see all these various knife shapes, and you're right. just like, yeah, yeah. what is that wonky-looking thing, and why does that person have, have that shape? And I think probably uh, one of the most um, uh, legendary designs is a kukri. Okay. Right? You know, like, everybody's like, yeah, I know what a kukri is. Even, even knife nuts know that the Gurkha regiments use these things around the Himalayas, around Tibet, around that region, yeah, yeah. And, and really, really use them all the time. So Joe's kukri, also a teacher, so yes. he's very good at this. So a kukri is, is a large knife, almost like a bowie, 
but it has a really, really big, large frontal shape on it, like a large curvature. So it's a little near the handle and gets much bigger out in front. And the blade kind of goes forward uh, in front of the handle, like pointing down. So if you're holding this, this huge knife in your hand, the blade would touch the table before your hand would um, when you're using it. And you know the biggest reason because of that? No, I don't. Chopping, it's a force multiplier. So it puts okay, all yeah, the energy yeah. underneath your hand. When you're holding this, the blade is dropping lower than your hand. And, um, and the Gurkhas use it for you know fighting and, and doing probably horrible, horrible things we don't need to talk about, but they also use it as a kitchen tool, okay. as a camp tool. Um, there's videos online of guys taking apart halibut with these in the kitchen because they're using all these knife grips. And with any big knife, it's just, just like a tool, it's how you use it. So with any knife grip, you know, as long as you're comfortable with it, you can put your hands up near the blade. You know, as long as the knife isn't moving, it's not going to be you cutting. You always do these things that... Yeah, that make people nervous, but you should see some of the other... Like, remember Alberto? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alberto is this guy on our bushcraft trip, and he's, like, cleaning his fingernails with a machete right, and right. stuff. But even grabbing the back end, the unsharpened part of any blade, you can choke up and, and use the tip a little bit finer. But the cool part about a kukri is... It's really, really, really small near the handle. So we're talking like a knife with the size of an actual ruler, you know, like two inches wide. You know, when you're using the, the large end of this, it split wood really, really well because it's able to dig in more. Thinner near the handle because it's able to dig and do small fine carving and fuzz sticks along that side too. Now the thing with kukris though, is that lots of times they're ridiculously thick. So like uh, a third of an inch thick, I'm not, not kidding, mm. and even thicker. We're talking like thicker than a broomstick in some, in some instances. And then they have these guys who are grabbing these things and pounding them with huge hammers while they're hot, and they're having a big dip in the blade near the tip, so that takes away a lot of the metal's size down near the tip. So oh, okay. there's like a big, huge trench of concavity in there so that you're not using like a giant I-beam with a handle on it. Kukris are a big deal, you know, there, you, you've seen them in the movie, like Tomb Raider movies and, and Resident yep. Evil, and you see them all in yep. video games. It's a big deal. So that, so what I'm getting from this kukri, Joe, mm -hmm. is you could you could replace your hatchet with this if you yes. if you want something a lot more versatile than a hatchet, mm -hmm. which probably is is equal or less less the weight. Correct, correct. Yeah, equal or less. And look, if you're not building a, a log cabin, you'd be fine with that. Yeah. May, I, I'd want to catch it for a log cabin or something. But, so um, what's the origin of a kukri then? Uh, the kukri came out of the Gurkha Regiment, okay. um, which were these guys who were um, near the Himalayas. I always mess this up, but near the, the, near the Himalayas here in Nepal. Um, Nepalese, they are Nepalese. Nepalese. Okay. And they were these hardcore commando dudes who were just like, yeah, I have no one kukri. I have one kukri. I'm going to go take care of those 17 uh, um, uh, enemies over there. And okay. there are just stories upon stories about the Gurkha fighters and how so, hard So it was work. used as a, as a agricultural farming tool, uh, just general tool, but it was also a combat tool. Yeah. Every, Did it originate as a combat tool? No, no. I believe it originated more as an agricultural tool. Okay. But, um, in, you know, there are people who have wanted to go out and venture out and find the secret fighting tactics of the Gurkhas, and they're just like, well, the pointy end goes in the human, and you hold the, the holdy part of the handle, and you just don't get stabbed while you're fighting the other people. And so it's like, it's funny, they don't like to teach it, but you know, the Gurkhas are still some hardcore dudes. Yeah. They're still out there. And I just want to say, like, I've, I've held a lot of kukris, and I've used mm -hmm. a bunch of them, and this, 
You guys do a fantastic job Dude, with machetes and kukris. You know that show alone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 55 days, the guy on the first season lived, and that was his only cutting tool. Okay, that's what he And used. he won $500,000 yeah. with that, yeah, 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 with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, of my one of Condor's designs. Okay. Um, the, I, did, I didn't know it was a Condor design, because obviously in the show they couldn't mention yeah, that or show yeah. that. No, it was, he, br he brings nice. the Condor Kukri with him at all times. It was our HD Kukri that I designed. This particular one um, has a micarta handle. You can see that wonderful brownness on it. I got over like 600 pounds of micarta at my house because I dumpster <laughs> dive for it. They, uh, they they insulate like transformers. This is why things. we have you on for these entertaining <laughs> bunny trails. Well, I mean, if you're listening on the podcast, you can imagine that uh, there's a guy like jumping into a, uh, a dumpster for like all these kind of sharp big blocky things but um they and that insulate. guy was you yeah they in well now i don't have to jump in there anymore they save it on the side for me but they insulate like transformers and stuff because no electrical current can go through uh, okay so like the, so the scraps that yeah, they're throwing out are perfect are, handle material good gosh yes oh gosh. they are so i give yeah. them and uh, give them to a bunch of my knife making buddies like planks of them i've got a two by four of my car to like four <laughs> feet long it can make a jeep bumper out of it wow, uh, it's wow, wild wow. and that stuff can be that's really expensive. yeah it can that kind of it's so a great that's tool. like in the nepalese you know south great. pacific ish yep. region you know philippines have bolos those guys, you know, use these for fighting, but they also use these for tremendous jungle work. So we're looking at a bolo now. So yeah, this bolo's got that. like a... Uh, Talk us through it. It's about a... It's a 16-inch blade that's, once again, very thin at the tip and, and it's gets a, wider at the end. It's a lot longer. Well, if you straighten yeah. that kukri out... Yeah, maybe. They would be pretty close, but it's it's a thicker... It's thicker down by the handle, and it... Yeah, it's and a, it's, it's a got straighter. a big taper. Yeah, it's, it's taper. straighter, way mm -hmm. straighter. Yep. It looks like a big knife with just a bigger... Um, uh, uh, a bigger, wider, two-inch blade at the top and then it gets it gets gradually down uh, shorter at the end. Yep. Now both of these people are hammering them out with Jeep spring steels. 5160. They get fires uh, hot enough and then they hammer this out 5160. I mean your car is riding on it. It's a super super tough steel and that's what the traditional ones are made out of for villages and for okay. stuff like that. Bolos and, and Philippine style bolos all the way to Kukri's. And 5160 it's this neat steel if you guys ever have a chance to pick it up and you hit it with a piece of metal, it has like a weird tink, tink sound to it. Ours aren't made out of 5160, but you can tell. It's like one of the only seals I can tell by the harmonics mm -hmm. of it. Um, but bolos are pretty popular too, because out in the jungles of the Philippines, they have hard, hardwood as well, and very, very, very tough wood out in the jungle. It's not just like leafy green material. So they're chopping down a lot of stuff. So their bolos are generally pretty thick, about a fourth of an inch thick with the distal taper. That means from the handle to the tip, it gets thinner. You'll see a lot of swords through that too. Yeah, yeah. That helps with the balance. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about about this guy? Sometimes they use uh, pieces of tire for the handle. Okay. Yep, recycling them, they cut pieces of tire. And so you're just, you're down. talking about like, when they need to improvise. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, make do with what they have. These are materials that yeah, no, no, the bolo is used. This would be like the Philippines, a Filipino origin. Correct. correct yeah. Okay. And they, and in all these different styles, a quick divergent uh, part from that is there's like 20 different, 20 different uh, blacksmiths from 20 different villages in the Philippines who have a certain style of bolo here, a certain style of fighting tool there. So every single place all around the world that have these very distinct needs and wants and styles, um, and I'm really interested in that, really? which is why we're talking about yeah, this today. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. What do you got next? Well, what happens now, at least for design work, is you know trying to see what the benefits are of this. And it's really interesting working with Condor because you can go, okay, what happens when I combine the two? 
So nice. let's get that really, really tiny. Fusion. Yeah, fusion near the handle where it's one inch and then have a big wide swath. Uh, and you, big, have, wide. you have a lot more length to this. Yes, a lot more length. This is right around the bolo at around, uh, well, this one's 12 inches long. Okay. But this is called an amalgam. What's an amalgam mean? Amalgam. Uh, amalgam is a, is a combination of things, isn't it? Exactly. Okay. There you go. And that's what this is. That goes back to my days in, chem in uh, Chemistry yeah, 101, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's why we <laughs> named it that way. Also, because my wife is a dentist. And they put amalgam in your mouth to make your mouth full of metally metal. So go ahead and describe this particular implant, because I, so, I do see a little bit of a handle. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this amalgam, the amalgam has like a very, very South that's American style handle. That's a great name. Did you handle. come up with that? Yeah. This yeah, is your but, design, um, too, right? Correct, correct. Yes. And it has a hook on the end, kind of like if you if you took a cross section of that handle, it looked like a bird's head. Some people call that a bird's head yep. handle. So you can imagine like a, a quail or. A, so down, what well, we would traditionally on a knife call like the pommel end. Yes, the, the pommel butt end. end. Yeah. yeah. Imagine just a bird. So you can grab it with the back of it, grab it near the pommel, yep. and you can now use it for a more extended way. As I almost chop. Uh, Get a little um, bit more leverage yeah, that way exactly. and speed. Exactly. But, but it's there if you want to grip the whole handle. Correct. To uh, keep it. Keep it in place. Give yeah. You, give you more, so it doesn't just slide out of your hand. And you know what? That, that's an important point too, because like down in in um, in in the South Pacific, you think by looking at their machetes, they have tiny, tiny hands, and no, they don't. All right. If you guys can imagine this on the on the uh, podcast, do finger guns. You know, like that annoying guy from work or whatever, and uh, do finger guns, and that's how they're holding Or your five-year-old. Yeah, or your five-year-old. After he's done dabbing, he, he's doing finger guns. So. Um, uh, they'll have it between their um, their two back fingers and their thumb, and they're kind of using it like a finger or pistol grip, they call that. Really? And they're able to use it a little bit easier. Huh. Um, and they like using it that way because it's not holding it like you're holding an ice pick or a hammer. It kind of flows in the it, hand easier. That would that would give them a, a bit more, um, like, fine speed. motor still yeah. control and speed, Yeah, and, it? and speed. Well, I don't want to cut the YouTuber uh, next <laughs> to It seems always It's okay. Tim almost did last night yeah. in our video, oh, too. Oh, perfect. Cool. <laughs> Um, but it gives more speed at the end, okay. and, the, and you know what? Bringing it back down, the the um, Gurkhas, that's one of the first things they teach people when they're um, teaching them how to use it, is that, that crazy thumb drive flick. That flick is very, very important. And you know why, too? Because you've been out in the jungle with me before, using those machetes all day long. If you're using a death grip, it's going to wear out your hand. Yes. and have weird forearms, yes. stuff yes. going on. But when you use that flick, you're like, hey, I'm not done yet. I can still go and clear out my... Yes. Uh, my uh, place. The thing about a machete or a large blade is it can be dangerous because you have a cutting surface that goes the complete length of the blade. Right. And with any knife, that's an issue, but you got more cutty to cut you, more cutty to cut other things. In some cases, in a lot of cases, axes are much safer than a machete because um, you can mess up and hit the handle uh, to your shin or something. Yes, but with a machete, yes, yes. you are in, you can be in trouble. So are we going to talk about machetes next? We could, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. let's talk about a machete. Where to come from? What is it? Well, you Describe know, the it to these guys. So a machete has its origins in a naval cutlass, because back when um, the conquistadors came, you know, uh, when when the indigenous would be going through foliage, they would just use a, a stick, or they would just completely bypass the foliage. So when they saw these swords, they were like, whoa. I can cut through the foliage, I can make tools with it, I could use it as a weapon if I had to. So they got these naval cutlasses, whether by stealing, by trading, by uh, uh, doing all sorts of different stuff. And then, you know, everybody Whatever saw these guys down here can really use these tools. So then they started, the people who made these naval cutlasses started smithing out more usable tools that were usable for agriculture. The machete today is arguably one of the most 
use knives in the world. So naval naval cutlass was more of a sword. Yeah, sword, like a like sword, a short sword, sword like yeah, the yeah. U.S. cavalry saber. Just wanted to make that clear to the yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a saber. Yeah, more or less. Uh, at least the era that they first got introduced in. But then, you know, throughout uh, the years, uh, it started having a more distinct look to it. Um, a distinct Latin American machete is like an Ontario machete. Just what you think of when Jason Voorhees is going after campers in Friday the 13th. That's a Latin-style machete. Um, and everybody knows that so they can see it. But um, now that is something crazy as far as the changes in a machete because with every country, with every every region, they have a certain type of machete they like. There's like 17, 18 different designs just to cut sugar cane. Wow. There's like a billion different designs just to cut, just to cut um, uh, corn. You know, they have these long, large, flat machetes that look like spatulas, um, like giant spatulas to cut corn. And they have crazy hooked machetes so that when you cut something, you use a hook on the back to throw the plant over your back. Banana machetes. So it's just a wide category of tools. Oh, yes. Variations of what's a machete, what's a sword, what's a... Go ahead and describe this, though. This is about an eighth of an inch thick. Machetes normally are pretty thin. So like an eighth of an inch thick, three millimeter monster. Um, this has a blade going all along the cutting edge. This one has a recurve. That means it kind of dips in near the handle and then spreads out again. Kind of like a kukri has a recurve, honestly, yep. too. Um, but then when you get out of the tip, when you get a, closer towards the tip, it starts to spread out. And we're looking at a spread here of about three inches that's pretty or big. more. And how long is this? Uh, this machete is about six, uh, 15 inches long. That's big. Yeah, yeah, for, for a machete. You don't normally call something a machete that gets under 12 inches. Okay, that's good um, to know. Yeah, but in, in the, the, most useful, the most useful North American machete is around 18 inches long, but the machetes in, in the other countries and stuff go all the way out to 28 inches. Wow, that's Like in big. Jamaica, those guys are pretty tall. They're using really long. But the, the recurve is really interesting because you still have a continuous curve, but it puts all of the mass near the front so that you have more mass swinging forward when you're chopping, just like an axe does. An axe has a big heavy head at the end of the arc. So when you're, when you're um, chopping with an axe, you've got all that force multiplied towards the end. Recurves do very well in that aspect, but the little, little curvy part of the recurve right before the end of the blade where it gets wider uh, is also pretty good for skinning. Right. So you see people say in the knife industry that knife has belly. You know, they're probably talking about a recurve or something close to a recurve where it has a continuous curve. And the spot where that curve starts seems to just feel right for uh, skinning. Yep. Um, although you tell that, to, or, um, tell that to Alberto and he's just like, uh, yeah, Joe, except I'm using my broken butcher knife and doing five times better <laughs> than, than you. I guess the downside to a recurve is that some people find it difficult to sharpen. Because yeah, they're used to using a stone. Honestly, yeah. But you can use a rod. Yeah, that's you the can way use to sharpen a rod, a absolutely. Yeah. yeah, or if you're using sandpaper, you can put it around a round dowel or even use a mouse pad um, behind it to kind of get that curvature okay, on yeah. there. Um, I haven't it, done that. Yeah, it depends on what, what you have lying around. But um, sometimes if you're stuck out in the middle of nowhere and you're like, man, I have this recurve knife and I don't know what else to sharpen it with, you can use a corner of your stone. You can use a corner of your yeah, stone. Yeah, but that's it wears right, yeah. it down pretty quickly. Yep. Um, but uh, that's that's more or less a very, very broad sense of a recurve. There's probably a lot of knife physics aficionados that can do a, a better job than, than my description there without getting into an hour-long Did podcast. we want to say anything else about the machete before we move on? Um, machete's most used uh, cutting tool in the world, arguably. Uh, uh, in the U.S., we use it on Christmas trees. It's the only way to shape Christmas trees. Yep. Um, but uh, any place where a place is poor, 
They can't get a tractor up on the side of a mountain, you're using machetes. What's next? Choppers, chopping. What's a chopper versus a machete? Thick versus thin, <laughs> where the handhold is. You know, you've seen those blade sports things where guys like right, cutting right, a right. bunch yeah, of yeah. Uh, a water, bunch bottles, of water and bottles and then a two by four. Yeah. Well, um, that's like a, not a new phase in the knife world, but those guys are thinking about chopping a lot. Right. Um, so like a Benchmade made one uh, a while back, uh, Benchmade knives, and that's a third of an inch thick, the one they made. Can you imagine that? That's, wow. that's, that's like wow. more than half an inch. Wow. And it has a giant taper. So it's this giant hunk of metal that gets really, really thin really quickly. And that's because it does really, really well on the two by four chop, but it still needs to slice. Um, and honestly, these choppers, that's chopper style. If you can find one um, inexpensive, and Condor isn't the only one who makes one, but like a lot of people like to baton with their knives and the uh, um, straight blade cleaver-esque look of a competition knife. They kind of look like thin cleavers. Um, look like thin rectang rectangles with a handle on them yep. um, are fantastic for, for batoning and doing a lot yep. of wood splitting. So go ahead and just describe what we have here you were just holding. So, the, the, yeah, you're so you're imagine, calling a chopper. Yeah, so and that, this isn't the only way you could call like a chopper a chopper. But imagine like a thick rectangular piece of metal that's two and a half inches wide and that's nine inches long. And that's, that's where these competition choppers come in. Yep. So it's, it looks like something that's like two rulers yep. wide, yep. made it's of like, metal. It's like a thin, it's like a thin dimensionally in the vertical dimension cleaver. Yeah, it almost. is, yeah. it is, it is. Man, and a cleavers cleaver. are huge right now. They had yeah. them all over at Blade Show. I'm seeing them all over this year. I guess I'll have to design a cleaver. <laughs> I'm just wondering, are people buying them? Or, you know, are, they, are the other knife companies doing it because they see the other knife companies? So if you guys send comments down below. Let me know if you're using these new <laughs> tactical cleavers at home. Um, but uh, so that, that'd be like a chopper. Choppers have a lot of heft to them. Yes. You know, when you, when you pick up a knife and go, oh, that's a, that's a chopper, normally it just weighs a ton. Right, <laughs> yep, yep. Did you hand me this for a reason? Yeah, that would be categorized as a chopper, chopper. parang. Yep. So a parang. What's the difference connect? between a parang and a machete? That's always my question. Man, that's a that's a great question. Parangs are normally very thick, and have another, you know, okay. from the handle to the thinness, have a distal taper. So taper. although this is for you guys that are listening, I'm holding what Joe would consider a chopping parang yes, in absolutely. my right hand, and it's and a very wild machete in the and in a very the wild. But, it's, it's a beautiful machete, actually. Yes, yes. Well, um, it's a lo it's a longer. Uh, about the same width blade uh, as it approaches the belly, but it's a longer, but it's a lot, it's a lot lighter, it's yes, a lot thinner yeah, yeah. than this parang. So that Absolutely. that makes your point on a parang. Yeah, and they're, they're also like a, a traditional parang. They're making out of that that spring steel from the cars, so it starts out very very thick too. Yep. And man, look at the points on the parang. That's not something that you think you would like poke into somebody right. or poke into something. They have a point down just because that's how the style started there. That's how a lot of the they were smashed out by the blacksmiths out there. Um, a go lock, as you can see here with this picture, it has a point that's much more swept up. You could actually, it's almost like the opposite could you, is of that a, Is that a name of a style of? Correct, See, yeah. I thought that was something you made up, and no. you made this, you th can was this it was just the name of this particular. No, there's many machete. different styles oh, okay. of Golox. I did not know that it. was a whole separate category. Of oh, yeah, yeah. It, well, yeah, it is there's a very thin line between a parang and a, and a Golok, okay. and that's why, like, as far as like naming them, that's my rule. And it's not necessarily, you know, like written down in stone. It's good, but to, have rules. It's good yeah. to have rules, though. Yeah, the, the point goes up, 
and it's yep. got a much more pointy point. It kind of sweeps up almost like you'd think on a machete or, or a knife blade. And there's lots, of, based on where the place is made, that's what they would call a Golok. Um, so they might have a Duku or a place in um, somewhere in Malaysia where they would have a certain style Golok, but they're thinner. They're thinner. If you look at it from the side, they're like only an inch long and they stay pretty thin. Um, the parangs tend to spread out. Golok's thickness is between a machete and a parang. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to, to, to summarize it. At least your and, at least your take on it. Yeah, yeah. Most most of them most of them are. And and once again, you have that thickness where it gets thin down in the middle. That's super important. Whether you're making a sword, whether you're making a knife, many different types of knives, whether you're making this that, or the other, that really makes the the whole cutting tool balance. Um, as far as long swinging cutting tool. What do we got next? So we where, have where are we great... going in the world now? <laughs> Journey with watch, me. Watch along the, the globe spin. <laughs> so so Matt Graham's been everywhere on his TV shows yeah. and all this stuff. So we'll close it out with one of his designs because okay. he has really really um, uh, a vast amount of knowledge as far as like where he's been. This is really interesting, and, he, and the story's interesting. Behind. Yeah, he, Go he's ahead. got this crazy looking uh, chopper here. And honestly, um, he calls it the primitive bush Mondo chopper. And it's a big, it's another amalgam of all his experiences that he's seen that works around the world. And if you look at this thing, it's big and, and kind of does this, this, this big, wide, tear-shaped taper. So if you can imagine like a, a tear shape, it tapers out and has this continuous cutting edge. And that's pretty handy too. It almost has like a kitchen knife style look where you have a place to cut along all lines, but it's very, very thin, which makes it faster in the hand. Yes, it would chop well, probably not as well as like a parane or something like that, but you can use it without like wearing yourself out all day yeah, long. Yeah. And that's kind of like right along the lines of the machete, but it's also got a point down like a golok, but it also is very, very thin and compact. So, you know, that's one of those things where it can't be named, but you see where the idea comes from. You can understand, right. hey, and, he can make bows. He can he, do this. And he that. actually, this was an original design that he kind of, he kind of fabricated and hacked out of some material that he had, yeah, right? Yeah, We've got a couple of small knives here. You want to just blitz through those really quick? Sure, yeah. Well, we have some, this is like, you know, we got places where we've been, such as like Europe, where, you know, the Puko and the Scandinavian style is very, very, very um, popular. We had some best sellers with, with their Scandinavian style knives. And so we did a very, very primitive looking um, caveman, because I hear they were everywhere. I hear cavemen were like all over the world and stuff. So we put some of that that edge on. Some of too. them are still with us. Yes, yeah, some of them are still with us. We'll probably interview one later um, upstairs. But uh, uh, this has like a flint mapped look to it. You know, yeah, just some yeah. embellishment. It's one. Of, yep. It's called the cave lore. If you guys can imagine, like metal meets like a arrowhead meets a knife. That's where this is going. Four inches long handle, four inch blade. The point goes down the center line made out of 1095 carbon steel. Um, it's cool looking because like you can get back to your caveman, your troglodyte roots <laughs> and uh, when, you're, when you're doing your bushcraft and your outdoor skills. The Puko and uh, the Scandinavian, you know, whole design has its... Which that would be like this knife if you're watching. Yeah, kind the of, most, yes. Most common, probably all of you guys are, are familiar with. Mora knives. Mora knives is exactly a perfect example. Yeah. They brought the Puko to the mass really? market. Yeah, to the mass mass making market because Pukos were traditionally made by blacksmiths in certain towns. Yeah. And, and they still and, are. Yeah, and in, in the Scandinavian regions, you know, knives aren't a big deal. Even the kids, um, you know, the small kids have a little neck knife with yep. them. And it's mostly a small, straight-looking, like paring knife-looking blade with a big, huge, meaty bevel. That's a Scandinavian grind, um, and uh, uh, very, very. 
plain, elegant, not a lot of curves, very straight. You know, you look at a Mora knife, you see that that kind of roundy handle, you're like, yeah. yep. you know, it doesn't doesn't you know do much for me, the traditional red-handled one, but it's the best user ever. I've got 30 at my house. So this has been, been fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot about these different styles of knives. I hope you guys have. Um, just maybe a, a recap, are there any action steps that you think people can take out of this? Like, um, if they're looking for maybe a bigger chopper, would there be something? Uh, so, so you're comfortable with maybe your your bushcraft knife, your everyday carry fixed blade knife, or whatever, but you're looking for something maybe a little bit bigger. Where would be a good place for somebody who's just get, kind of getting into this whole machete realm? Would there be something you would think would be a, a good fit? A good Latin machete, a Latin style machete. You can, and, and not just to, to give a, a dig to Condor, but you can go on MacheteSpecialist.com and find thousands of different machete designs. But just a good Latin style machete, that's a style that you could even find at your hardware store. Okay. It's something that um, uh, will teach you immensely about these blades. And when you start really using them, you start to see the, the use. But it gets, it, 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 there was a key word in there, that means start using them. You know, then you can start seeing the, the usefulness of this tool. Um, I, I can't leave the house without one. Okay. That's just me. So just, I mean, your basic, Basic machete, Basic, that's a yeah, good place to yeah. start. You know, Condor has one called the Eco Machete. That's out, that's yep. a, it comes with an edge on it. A lot of these hardware machetes, you have to put the edge on yourself and you utilize a file um, to file an edge on there. Yep. And, um, but that, that's one of the best starters. So we'll put some links in the video description yeah, if anybody's interested in these particular tools. And yeah. anything else you send me on history of knives or anything yeah, like that, we can do that. Machetes. And, and yes. it involves you guys getting out there and using them. Then you can see why. That's like, the biggest thing. I think that's a good takeaway. Yeah. I mean, it, and it doesn't even need to be like out in the wilderness. Using your knives inside just to cut, you know, cucumbers and stuff. You learn a little bit more about yeah. your hand control. You get out there. You have more self-confidence. Yeah. Because the knife gave you the edge over all the other living creatures in the world. You didn't get to where we're at by chewing on bones. You made cutting tools. <laughs> and we'll put some links. Absolutely. So, right, like right now, like right now, you can go to the video Second. description, get links over to the podcast, get... If you're at the podcast, links over to the video and links over to Joe's stuff. Yeah, link yeah. here, like this. It's like a spider web. In the middle is this awesome guy. So, well, guys, thanks for joining us. And, you know, have a fantastic day. And remember, be prepared because thanks, you man. never know. You really are awesome. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, guys, producer Ben back with you. Really hope you enjoyed this look at all kinds of knife designs. Don't forget you can email us directly with any questions or comments over on patreon.com. For all of us here at The Survival Show, thank you so much for your support and feedback. We really appreciate it. Till next time, I'm producer Ben, and remember, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.